here's a milestone. This is the 100th episode of the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Wow, a mark most shows never reach. So how do the RLS boys celebrate this occasion? Well, we freestyle it. Each of your three hosts riffs on a topic he deems worthy of this moment. Stay tuned as we reveal our topics right now on the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Mungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. The Retirement Lifestyle Show is back with another exciting episode today. It's awesome. This is kind of like a reunion episode because all three of us haven't been here for about three weeks, all three of us together. So I'm really excited for this episode today. I'm your co-host, Adrian Nicholson, and with me today is two of our other co-hosts, Eric Olson and Roshan Langani. And today will be our 100th episode, so we've really been looking forward to this. And we've just been really excited to kind of create a library of content for you listeners, just to help you with your plan, just go over interesting topics that just we think are very relatable. And we are here again with another episode today. So Eric, Roshan, it's good to see you. How have you two been? Are you both excited to be here a part of the 100th episode today? Looking forward to it. I can't can't wait and I'm happy to be back. Sorry I missed uh, missed last week, but I'm looking forward to today's episode. And I'm sorry I missed two episodes as well. Like I said, it's kind of a reunion. It's the boys are back in town. The RLS boys are back in town. So we're looking forward to it. Eric, are you ready for today's episode? I am, except I I forgot to bring my party hat. I mean, I should have done that because 100, I mean, that's a a big deal. 100th episode. Yeah, right before. Actually, it's the 100th. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Well, I was saying uh, you were sharing something, a really interesting uh, story going into our 100th episode today that kind of really uh, summarized how much content we've been doing and how much value some people have been getting out of it. Yeah, our dear, our dear listeners, I should say, it's so funny that a lot of times before we actually hit record, we start swapping stories. And Roshan routinely is saying, we should be recording this. We should be recording this. So that was true today. So uh, I was just telling a story uh, that this isn't, this isn't the subject of this, of this podcast. This podcast is, the subject today at least, is that uh, we don't know what the other two co-hosts are going to talk about. And instead, we just were, were each coming with something that we thought would be an important topic that's, uh, that's worthy of the 100th released episode. Actually, I think we've recorded 105 for this season. And for some reason or another, either we are really bad at counting, which doesn't say much for us as financial <laughs> planners, or we, we have uh, put five that we recorded along the way in the can and never released them. I think it's that. Yeah. Instead. There were five really the bad hundred... ones. <laughs> well, the listeners maybe say, no, you really are bad at counting. Way more than five bad ones. 
I'm sure people are going to be demanding us to release those five episodes now. Like, we need to know what they are. We need to know. Oh, that would be funny. Actually, we could do a blooper reel of our early work, oh, and we can put it at the end. I don't, I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> so, Eric, I'm sure the listeners are really excited to hear this uh, story that you mentioned before this podcast. Okay. Okay, that's good. Adrian, you're playing a good role there, kind of nudging me along to get past this sort of riffing. Well, listen, yesterday and the day before... <clears throat> I was uh, in Chicago area, and this was uh, scheduled that I was going to help a couple of clients get farther down the path on developing their estate plan. And so Monday, it was an 85-year-old couple and their daughter in the backseat of my car driving around to go talk with the several estate planning attorneys that were on our list. And that was really productive because it was probably not going to happen unless um, unless I took a little bit of leadership in actually playing taxi driver. It was fun. We had a nice lunch and what have you. But it was great to see these clients really having to, in the in the context of those conversations with these estate planning attorneys, to have an opportunity to really be forced to, to grapple with some questions that a lot of us allow to just kind of drift to the back burner. What do we really want to have happen once we're gone? And, and which of our kids needs to be treated with a certain special uh, consideration in this way or in that. So that was good. And then yesterday, though, it was even uh, in some ways even more interesting. This couple had, I'd presented three different estate planning attorneys to them for their consideration. And they looked at their websites and after doing so, concluded that one of them in particular was the one with whom they really wanted to just start the conversation. And maybe they would just end it there. So in the weeks leading up to this, um, as we would have our more or less weekly hour-long conversation, I was trying to help them think through in advance the sorts of decisions that an estate planning attorney would want them to actually make and then codify in those documents. And so that was great. So they came into that meeting, uh, into this meeting yesterday, much more fully prepared. But what was also really interesting and which connects to this podcast is that I encouraged them to go back and listen to the two episodes that we had recorded with an estate planning attorney, Alfred Lee. For our listeners, you can go back into the archives and find those two. And so they had listened to those two to become as fully prepared with the broad concepts straight from an estate planning attorney's mouth as they could coming into the meeting. Well, unbelievably prepared uh, this client was. And when we they walked into the meeting, really the, the level of both understanding that didn't need to be, um, they didn't need to ask basic questions in the meeting because they'd gotten so far down the path of preparation and all of this. It was great. But also they were ready to move forward and they did with this particular estate planning attorney. So, um, but they, they said after the meeting, as we were walking out, you know, down the elevators and then out the door, just how much they appreciated the content of this podcast in helping them prepare for that meeting. So I just wanted to give uh, credit before we hit the record button today to Roshan and to Adrian for their part in helping that client by offering up that episode. And and uh, so listeners as well, I hope you know, you're developing or de- deriving similar value from the episodes that we're doing as well. So that that's the story. I'm glad we're able to help them. Uh, I mean, it's it's always nice to hear that uh, this podcast isn't just for the three of us to entertain one another for an hour a week. 
<laughs> exactly. And here, here. appreciate you uh, sharing that, Eric. And this being our 100th episode, all of our episodes tend to be around 40 to an hour long. So we do have just a lot of content out there. If there's ever like a certain area that you're interested in, in like the finance world or retirement or markets, whatever, whatever it may be, um, I'm sure we can kind of point you into the right direction, or you might just give us a brand new topic just to discuss for the future. So it's, it's all, mm -hmm. it's all good on our end. So we, uh, let's thank you again for sharing that, Eric. That's a really great story. Mm -hmm. And then we can just dive into today's topic, even though it's not one topic, it's going to be many. And I'm sure, uh, I'm excited to hear what Eric and Roshan brought to the table today. And I'm sure our listeners are very excited just for another episode and hear what we have to say. So. I'm really looking forward to it. And Eric, since you shared that story first, I guess I'll kind of pass it off to you, Roshan, if that's okay, for you to get into uh, your topic or multiple topics, wherever you want to start. It's all good with me. Yeah, so today, uh, we, our uh, assignment for each of us was to bring a topic that we want to discuss. So we're going to just go uh, uh, maybe not as deep in, each, in, in one topic as we normally do, but we're going to talk about three items we brought. And... For me today, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, so I'm going to pose the question to both of you, and then I'll share, share my ideas. But if someone's listening to our um, podcast, I always like to have something actionable, something they can actually use and take forward with them. And uh, I often lean a little bit more towards the investment, uh, investment topics when we discuss this. So my topic uh, for today or area I'd like to discuss is if you're someone listening to this, and you're an individual investor. So uh, what I mean by that is you're not working for a company, you're not an institution, you're not a money manager. If you're someone, an individual investor listening to this today, would either of you guys have, and if you want me to go first, tell me, I'll, I'll give you the question first. What do you think the biggest edge that that investor, that individual investor has? And I'll give a little bit more background. When you're looking at an investment, oftentimes people will say, what is your edge? What do you know that someone else doesn't know or that or that the um, other person doesn't know? Very often that term is used because um, they'll say investing is a zero sum game. Every time you buy a stock, someone else is selling. One of you is going to be right. One of you is going to be wrong. The counterparty. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. So if you're an individual investor listening to this, uh, listening to our episode, and I'm trying to share something that I think will be the most important edge you have. Uh, Eric or Adrian, either of you jump in first. What would you say an individual investor's edge that they can have or that we can share with them so they can use going forward in their investment journey? Oh, I'm excited to tackle this question. Eric, do you want to go first or I can uh, jump into it? Uh, you go, you go, Adrian. I've got three, but... Uh, well, let us let me hear you your, one of your three, so I, I'm not just completely on the other <laughs> end of this. So I'm I'm really curious about what you have to say now, Eric. Uh, you just want one of the yes. three, not no, all no, three? Go, you know what? Go. Oh, actually, okay, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. I do want to hear all three, though. <laughs> I'll say time. Time. That That's uh, that's your first one. Do you want to elaborate at all? Uh, you, you know, you have the ability to just continue to allow an investment to develop through an entire investment cycle. And some, sometimes things will thrive. Sometimes they will, they will lag. Uh, but if you're, if you use the edge of time, you don't subject yourself to the same pressures that let's say a professional professional money manager is subject to with quarterly reevaluations 
and they're very public and a lot of pressure to somehow not lag an index or something of that kind. If you, if you are, a, permit yourself the advantage of time, which others do not have, you can allow an investment thesis to develop over a long period and actually prove its, its worth in your portfolio. Adrian, what, what's, what's the one that you had had since we're going back? Yeah, that's a really solid one. I definitely yeah. put myself out there by letting Eric go first. But <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I've recorded over 100 podcasts with Eric, so I'm kind of used to this already. But I, I'm excited to share mine and tackle this one. So let me just get your question again, Roshan. It's like what edge do individual investors have over, let's just say, the ne- their neighbor or something like that, right? Yes, or, or, or j- just in general, in general. Uh, almost, even over professional investors. Uh, what edge do you have as an investor? So I, I'm not I'm not sure how to format this, but I'm just gonna just say perspective. I guess the the own individual just kind of see what you like, kind of see what kind of experience you've gone through life, and kind of see how you can kind of narrow that down or format that in a way where you can invest or see where good opportunities are in the world because everybody's their own individual. Everybody's come from different areas of life. Everybody has different educations, different backgrounds, different experiences, whatever have you. And if you could kind of just reflect on that and maybe look at that and see how you could, uh, have you kind of gone through life and how you see different products or different services or different companies and how you use them in your life or some of them you may not have used in your life. Kind of overall using your experiences and kind of seeing how you could kind of use that as an advantage or an opportunity or kind of just brainstorm and go from there to see. I mean, I think it's not an investment quote, but I heard like a starting point if you're getting to the investment world, well, invest in what you like, what you use, the things that are around you, I think is a really good starting point. It's a very interesting uh, concept that can kind of give you an edge without you kind of just like kind of going outside the box or outside your comfort zone or doing all this deep research that all these other, let's just say, like institutions do where you can kind of have an edge by just using your own perspective in life, I think is pretty interesting. Does that kind of answer your question or you kind of know where I'm going with this or want me to explain a little bit more? No, I, I, so far I love both of those answers. I'm going to, uh, all right, um, Roshan, which one do you like more? Well, uh, I, gosh, well, you know what? Yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you at the end because I want to hear Eric's next two. But uh, Adrian, before we go on to Eric's That's next not, two, that doesn't count. It's a one v three. I'm outnumbered. Eric automatically <laughs> won. Uh, well, but what you just described, Adrian, is uh, Peter Lynch has said that for years. Invest in what you know, right? And if you're just as an example, uh, years ago I met a doctor who invested in uh, like medical supply stuff. Just because through his everyday work, he would know which medical supply companies they were using, that kind of thing. So he had uh, what I'll call specialty knowledge in the space. So I really like that, like that answer as well. Eric, what are your next, your next two? Well, number the second one is choice, mm-hmm. because unlike let's say a, a large cap growth fund manager, let's say, uh, who's got to confine his or her activity to large cap U.S. growth stocks, the individual investor has the entire universe of investable options available to him or her. And as a result, has, has the ability to 
to deviate or at least uh, depart from some sort of rigid conformity to a certain allocation. So that's the second one. And then the third is the advantage, at least if they'll use it, if they'll use it of discipline, which is closely connected to time. Um, but <clears throat> it's the, the, uh, the freedom, if they choose to exercise it, to follow a certain philosophy of investing and, and adhere to that systematically so as to defeat what I consider to be one of the biggest threats to successful investing, which is our own bad behavior. Interesting. Interesting. So um, it, just to go through all, all three of those, it was for yours. So Adrian, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but yours was invest in what you know. Yes. And then, be, uh... yeah. And then Eric, yours um, was time, uh, the ability to invest in anything. Uh, and the, um, uh, the final one would be uh, disciplines. Di- so time, choice, and, and discipline. discipline. Okay, I was going to say creating your own philosophy mm-hmm. was the was the uh, other mm-hmm. one. But yes, I I like I like all of those. I'll give you my answer, and then you'll know which my favorite was when I get when okay, I share that. Right. Um, and mine was time. It, oh, it's interesting. interesting. You said that you said that first because I thought, <laughs> oh, there there goes my answer right away with the first with the first one. <laughs> but uh, uh, Adrian, I really liked yours as well, and. Eric, the other, the other, so I'll, as I mentioned, I like invest in what you know. I like time. That was my answer. Um, but the other two of, uh, I kind of took for granted that if you're investing on your, on your own, you're not limited to those, uh, mm-hmm, constraints mm-hmm. of certain asset class types and things like that. But yes, that mm-hmm. is definitely an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about the time, uh, aspect in general is I feel like, um, uh, more and more over the last couple years with, uh, there's just been so much more trading going on, right. As far as, uh, in investors, uh, and, and not, uh, uh, knocking any of the, any of the apps, but you know, like the meme stocks, the Robin hood, crypto NFT, they're so easy to trade. Now they're so easy to get leverage. And when I say easy to trade, I mean, literally if we're talking crypto, you can trade 24 seven from your phone, right. At any time. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I just think that there've been s- s- multiple studies published that say that, um, that the more active you are, the less your performance is I- in general. And so I've been just been thinking about that a lot, a lot recently and how as an investor, your uh, edge is time. You can invest for, for a long term, and then going, going back to explain it further, uh, similar to what you'd said, Eric, about not being stuck to a certain asset class. You're also not stuck to uh, arbitrary timeframes, quarterly reports, annual reports, whatever. You can just buy and hold this thing. And uh, using a, a, an old Buffett quote, you can his favorite holding period is forever, right? You can mm-hmm. literally do that and make time your edge. The other uh, important aspect when you're thinking about all these trading uh, versus uh, just long-term buying, buying and hold investing, well, when you're trading, you got to be right on all of those decisions, right? You've got to be right when you buy. You've got to be right when you sell. Assuming you're trading and you're buying and selling a lot, you've got to be right on all those buys and sells. If you're using time as your edge, you only have to be right once, right? When you when you buy and then you hold that stock and you just sort of wait out until it matures. And as we've said before and everyone knows, 
a business doesn't change at the pace of the markets. What I mean by that is you can wake up and your stock can be up or down 5% and nothing's happened different be be between yesterday and today to cause that change. There may be something, right? There may be an earnings miss. There may be an earnings hit. It could be uh, something changed overall economically. But the core of the business, the thesis of why you invested originally, likely hasn't changed. So mm -hmm. uh, that's when, when we were coming up with one thing to discuss today. That's just one item I wanted to share that I think is valuable for, for investors is that if you consider investing at its core, which is taking capital from someone who has it to someone who needs it, and you find a business you think is growing for the long term, should you trade it or should you just buy and hold and capitalize on your edge of time? So that, mm -hmm. that's my topic for today. I'm happy to pass it mm -hmm. on to either of you that would like to Yeah, go that's next. a really solid a topic to start off our 100th episode, <laughs> Roshan. Thanks again for bringing that. And it was a great discussion, and uh, I'm really excited. My, my biggest fear going into to today's episode is that one of us had a topic that the other one had. And uh, that was <laughs> – so I'm 0 for 1 right now. So, Eric, let's, let's see if you can dive into yours. Hopefully you don't have it. A topic that I'm going to talk about. If you do, I'm just going to close out my laptop and walk away. <laughs> well, on that basis, since since uh, another thing that we didn't record as part of our pre pre uh, podcast session or discussion was that there's a lot of things that are I, I, I thought might be worthy subjects for this hundredth episode, and I can pivot to one of them. So, Adrian, why don't you go? And then if it t turns out that it's uh, overlaps with mine, I'm just going to go a completely different direction and talk well, about Well, I'm 100% confident that you're not going to hit my topic. but So that's why I'm passing it back to you, oh. Eric, and I'm demanding you to go well, right now. All right, if I'm a listener right now, I want to strangle both of you and say, somebody spit out a topic. Or okay. as, as your third right. co-host, I'm thinking that right now as well. <laughs> okay. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to then, I'm going to forfeit my intent to talk about the NBA. Okay. And instead, <laughs> which I would not have done. So I, I, the thing that I thought uh, would be, I think, worth visiting as a topic at some point, and probably today's episode would be about as good as any, is, is the question of why do we do what we do? I don't mean why do we do this podcast. I'm talking about why do we as human beings uh, do what we do and with respect to, in particular, with respect to money. So uh, obviously we're not, this isn't a, this podcast isn't a conversation about relationships or about dog grooming or things of that kind. It's about long-term planning and making sure that you not only have enough, but that you've, you are efficient in the use of the wealth with which you have been entrusted. So I want, what I want to do is just encourage people to think about what is their why with respect to wealth and what is their why with respect to money. And hopefully, it, through that reflection, encourage you to find a, a fulfillment and a meaning as great as possible for you in your life. Now, if you think about it, I, I think one way of approaching this is to just look at <clears throat> over, the, over the centuries, how have different civilizations and how have different um, philosophical systems and how have different... Um, how have different religions, for that matter, looked at money? 
And in particular here, I think I'm thinking in terms of just going all the way back, we haven't really had quite the ability to reflect about the implications of money or the meaning of money in previous centuries as we do today. I mean, in so far as the fantastic improvements in the physical quality of life in the entire history of human civilization, the 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 implications of money were really only the concern of a very tiny, tiny sliver of the overall global population. Most people lived in poverty or borderline poverty for millennia. And but today we've reached a point, and certainly this is fortunately now not true only in developed countries, but in what we would have once called the emerging markets or in developing countries, there's an increasingly um, robust middle class that is now experiencing the benefits of the, of wealth that's permitting a physical quality of life um, previously unknown to such a large segment of the world population. I would say even 60 years, 50 and 60 years ago, you know, there was such a conversation about the enormous, literally billions of people who were in desperate poverty worldwide. And there was conversation, should we limit population growth severely in order that we don't make, uh, essentially just expand the ranks of the deeply, deeply impoverished. And what we've seen is instead, and I would argue, uh, in large part through the advent of or w- wider adoption of free market principles that have allowed given people opportunity to create wealth, there's been a significant shift out of that. But it comes, while at the same time that it's a blessing, I would say that it's also in some, in some cases, in some cases, a source of, of um, emptiness and the source of the pursuit of something where in the end you look back and you say, was I really pursuing the right thing? So um, that's, it's in just encouraging every one of us to, to think about what does money mean? What, um, what does the pursuit of money mean? And, um, you know, what does that then imply for us and how we apply our energies and our creativity um in this world. So on the one hand, I want to just say, now some people might hear that and say, it sounds like Eric is an aesthetic and, um, or, uh, and is, is thinking more in terms of sort of pro impoverishment or pro poverty. And I would say, no, not at all. Actually, I'm a big champion of wealth creation because I think wealth creation is, as I had already indicated, been such a dramatic force for the alleviation of, of, poverty worldwide at least um, you know for for tens of millions and actually billions of people but at the same time i would also say i it's i think it seems clear to me that the pursuit of it as a good in and of itself has also been um spiritually bankrupting i would say for for many people in our country and um in in western civilization certainly so in that sense, I would just say, encourage people to step back and think hard about really what does money mean and what, what, is, what is the pursuit of it actually doing to you and to your family and to your kids. Yeah, that's a great wow. topic, Eric. And uh, yeah. I remember we recorded an episode <laughs> called uh, Financial Finish Lines, and this kind of ties into a little bit yes. of what you uh, brought in, in today. And just giving like our listeners just a quick summary of it. The episode kind of really focused on 
creating like, let's just say a financial goal or some type of like end game. And what do you do after you kind of achieve that financial goal or you get to that point or you get to that um, aspect of wealth creation? What's kind of your next step after that? It's And it kind of is like a little bit of a, like a reflection, kind of a deep dive into, okay, first one, why did I kind of create this like financial goal? Let's just say your goal was to cre- just to have a million dollars. And so you're kind of looking at yourself, okay, first, why did I kind of create th- create that goal Two, how am I going to obtain that goal? And three, what happens after that goal? Is that just going to be some like all inspiring moment when I hit it? Like all these, like all this knowledge is going to come. I'm going to be at this level in my, this stage in my life where everything's just kind of, kind of make, make sense. Or am I going to kind of look at it and be like, all right, there, there needs to be more or I, that wasn't enough or something like that. So I think that's a, Really, it's a very deep topic that you brought up, Eric. But I think it's also a very important aspect when it comes to having these certain goals or milestones in life, and not letting that kind of be the driving force, but making that like kind of a part of who you are, and kind of using that as a reflection or a kind of a stopping point to kind of say, "All right, what's next? What what else can I do moving forward to kind of get more of that fulfillment and and enjoyment in my life?" Do you, Am I kind of hitting on what you're saying, Eric? Mm-hmm. I think you are. I, I think it's uh, the the concept that I think that we had talked about in that, as I recall, Adrian was uh, adopted from this f- pair of um, Harvard Business School graduates that had written this book on uh, God and money. And um, the two, John Cortines and Greg Bauman, had introduced in this a concept of financial finish lines on both their, the wealth as metrics accumulate you know net worth metrics as well as income metrics and their argument was not just to recap and and reinforce the thing that i was saying just a few minutes ago was not stop earning but instead it was you know create as much wealth as you can but just how much of that do you deploy for your own comfort and your own security and um financial security so their their argument would be just to make that a little bit more explicit. Let's say as you continue to create wealth, once you've hit a certain threshold, then as all the additional wealth that you're creating, you're giving away. And similarly, on the income side, you might be making you know a, a million, two million, three million dollars a year, but you you sort of define what the lifestyle limitation for you is, and then the rest of that that you give away. That was, I think, a, a key concept that I derived from their book that was really a powerful influence on my thinking in the last two or three years about all of this. And I think that was one of the topics that we had addressed in that um, in that episode that you referred to. Yeah. But I maybe should have talked about the NBA because, you know, then it would have just been a little bit more lighthearted. Well, I said, wow, when you were done, because I was thinking um, when Adrian said, um, Eric, I'll let you go first because I'm sure you're not with my topic. I imagine you were thinking, yeah, I'm sure I'm not your topic either. (laughs) 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 And then I'm thinking about mine, which I thought was very helpful, but feels feels so... um, so um basic compared to what you said oh <laughs> you're, you're you're reaching you're, you're bringing people uh 
spiritual higher power and i'm trying to create this wealth then you're saying why are you doing it anyway <laughs> no i am no. not i love that i love the wealth creation process so i think this is kind of like you go to the food court at the airport and you're going to find wolfgang puck and then you're going to also find you know i'm not saying you guys are the mcdonald's i'm just saying you you can find all sorts of different stuff there yeah. so this is uh this is well good. And let me ask a lot give of me, give you one follow-up question and um sure uh, and then adrian will go go to your your topic for today but awesome. you're you had said the questions you had was what does money mean what does the pursuit of money mean and then what does that do to you as a person yes. so um mm -hmm. do you mind sharing either whether it's yours uh, your personal response or what you hear when you discuss this with people are you seeing any uh common responses to the question or or uh if i'm someone listening and i'm thinking about this i want i want to give a little bit more direction yeah, so I don't see a common response to this question among clients, which is is interesting. I mean, I would say that it ranges quite widely. So, uh, in and I think that is because it's a tough question uh, to address out of the blue, and it really does warrant not just a few moments of thought, but weeks and you know days, weeks, months, years of of thought and reflection about all of this. So I've had some people say, and and, and by the way, I think this connects. I think this connects a lot to the the um the remedy for the distortions that wealth can i'm not saying it always does but the distortions that wealth can create in our heart and in our mind and in our soul a powerful remedy for that is generosity generosity breaks the hold of money on our thinking on our on our love affair with it and with with our heart generally speaking and so I, I, i'm not going to define what generosity looks like everybody's going to have their own metric for what that looks like but but being able to um give in a way that is m more than just token giving in a way that is genuinely at some level giving up something that you value it's it's, it's a getting to the point where it becomes sacrifice you're sacrificing something as opposed to just tipping with through your your generosity i think that's where you start to really feel the impact and i believe the joy and the in the newfound freedom from uh f from the holds if you will of well so when i've had this conversation with clients and um, I, I've had some that say just outright and, you know, very directly, and they're not, it's very matter of fact, listen, I have no interest in uh, reflecting on the impact of money in my life. And I also have no interest in generosity as a, as a remedy or, or anything else. Um, my outlook on wealth is I've worked hard to create this my entire life. And there's, I see no reason whatsoever that anyone else should be um, expecting or assuming that any of that is, that they have any sort of entitlement to that at all. So, by the way, I don't know that that's the correct framing of it, but it is a, a kind of response that I've seen. And then uh, on the other hand, I see people saying, just uh, on, in the same financial circumstances, saying they're so grateful for help in figuring out ways first of all figuring out whether or not they indeed have sufficient resources to live the lifestyle that they want to live and then once that they where they once they know where that 
um, base requirement is satisfied, then they recognize what actually is surplus in terms of both income and wealth and do find a newfound freedom through good planning to be releasing some of that because now it isn't fear-based accumulation. Instead, it's contentment-based accumulation and, and joy-based um, generosity. So no, no uh, fixed or, or common reaction, though, at all in, in the course of these conversations. Interesting. I, Eric, I you are really taking me, help. yeah. Eric, you're really taking me down memory lane when you used to do the high impact life segment. I think this is a good way <laughs> to incorporate that where uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you did it on a number of episodes, but we had a, for listeners that aren't familiar with high impact life, that was a segment that we had on some episodes where Eric would talk about various like charities, various organizations, mm. or just ways to really give back just to help out. Um, whatever causes or individuals or whatever it may be just to kind of be a way to give back with kind of like the wealth you created in your life eric if you you want to define it in a better way than i did but i think that's a really great area that we used to touch on in our previous episodes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well now yeah and just as a preview uh, next week we're going to be interviewing donald larson and uh, Donald Larson is, uh, along with his wife Terry, the f- founder and leaders of Sunshine Nut Company in Mozambique. And th- th- he's got, uh, they have an awesome story <laughs> about his career as a, as a high-level executive within a major recognizable corporation here in the United States and, and uh, how he, he, out, at a certain point, on, based on some reflections that he was doing, th- they elected to take a turn and essentially sold everything and moved to Mozambique to start this business now where 90% of the profits of this business are being um, directed toward the care of orphans, widows, and community development. It's a f- phenomenal story. And um, so it is, it's going to be a high impact life episode, Adrian. It's just, uh, it's talking about a, a married couple's high impact life that, and not only how it started, but how it's playing out today. That's, that's, that's awesome. Great. I'm really looking forward to it. And you actually kind of bring up a really good idea that I think would be uh, fun, kind of fun to not really discuss, but just to mention or give a shout out. And it's, it'll be hard to list them all, so I'll just put their names in the show notes for this episode. But I think we should take a second mm. to like thank all of our guests that we've had on the Retirement Lifestyle mm-hmm. Show that yes. provided such great content throughout the uh, throughout the weeks, months, what, whatever have you, that um, really touched on a lot of different areas. And we just want to thank everybody that's come on to this show that's provided some really great content for our listeners. And we'll give you a special shout out in today's episode if you look in the show notes they'll be there so thank Mm -hmm. you absolutely yeah excellent so adrian it's on on you i don't know how you're going to follow that one up (laughs) yeah i'm more than happy to uh go into my topic now this will kind of be the last segment of our 100th episode i think it's been great so far so i'll just give a little bit of background on what i wanted to talk about and kind of a little bit of research i did going to this episode and since this is our 100th podcast it it goes without saying that we really like to use technology and we kind of, whether it's um, in our daily lives, whether it's in our businesses or whether it's for 
our podcast. So I think technology is something that's very valuable, something that could be leveraged and is something that's really important. And it's uh, really special to me as well because I was kind of born in the generation where I really didn't grow up with technologies and these advanced computers and these high-tech games, shopping online, everything. But when I kind of got older, it kind of became a really big part of my life. So I think technology is, uh, is just advancing in a way that's been kind of really interesting to watch from my perspective, where I just didn't really grow up with a mm. uh, computer. But now it's kind of a really big part of, of my life right now. And the, this podcast, the Time and Lifestyle Show, I solely rely on technology to give our listeners content. So it's, uh, that's the, kind of the topic I kind of narrowed down that I want to focus on. And I kept coming to this new term that's been coming out that's pretty new that I think is going to be really interesting to talk about today, which is the metaverse. Have you two ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. So can I get I uh, your, t- can I, I'll give the definition and then I want to hear what your opinion on it because I think it would be really interesting. For our listeners, the metaverse is basically a digital reality that incorporates, it could be a number of things, but I'll just list off a few. It could be gaming social media, virtual reality. It could be using various cryptocurrencies and it just allows uh, users to just interact virtually via technology over the internet or some type of environment that was created. And this is really gonna be incorporated in a lot of spaces in the future, such as work, learning, education, play, um, shopping. Just It's just a way for people to interact virtually in an online environment. I think it's just very interesting because the technology now is here to support it. And I think this is just gonna be something that people might use, might not use, but just it's gonna be here eventually in the future. And I think it's just a very interesting topic to kind of discuss and just kind of keep in the the background as we move forward. But can I just get your two uh, opinions on it before I kind of just do a little bit of a deep dive on why I find it so interesting? Uh, I mean, my oh, I feel like the old guy on the typewriter when they bring a computer in. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would love your um, your thoughts on your thoughts on it. I, I I feel like I know very very little about it. Um, uh, but yeah, I I don't get it. It's probably my quote for what <laughs> my thoughts on the metaverse. Well, then I guess my question to you, Roshan, is: Have you ever had like a a, a movie, a, a music album, like a, a novel or something that you were just really just like into, where you were just like listening or just participating in this content? It could be like a sports game, where you just were just really felt like you were just in the moment there, just experienced this. Have you ever had something like that? I have, but it's been in the real world, like not with, uh, not the, uh, meta world, if that, if I use that correctly. Yeah. But I guess my kind of point to this is it's kind of its own little universe. For example, let's just say there was like a sports game that you watched like a year ago. That was one of your favorite ones of, of all time. This metaverse technology could just be a way for you to kind of experience it where you could kind of be in the stands or, you know, you can dial your friends in and they can kind of experience along with you kind of that um, that communication and that interaction where you're not actually at the game, but you're using like the latest and greatest technology to kind of just experience it kind of just as a way to maybe pass time or just to connect with your friends, even though you're not physically there. 
I think it's a technology that is very new. So I agree with you, Roshan, it is kind of hard to understand. But the concepts we kind of can see throughout history where there's just a lot of like entertainment, there's a lot of uh, content out there, a lot of like different environments, organizations, where maybe you, uh, a couple of years ago, you really, or decades ago, you really couldn't be a part of it. But now technology is giving you a way so you can kind of experience it, whether it may not be firsthand, but kind of give you an ability to kind of one, experience it, and two, do it with uh, friends, family. Um, you could also see it in businesses as well, where now we know that you don't have to technically be physically there to have a meeting where we're relying on email or videos or whatever have you to kind of really bring people together in a way that we haven't been there before. Eric, do you want to give your kind of take yeah. on it real quickly or what you've been hearing about it? Sure. So first of all, it's always, you know, easy for, it's always easy for us to get, become sort of polarized about any sort of new technology. And, um, you know, it's either all wonderful or it's all, it's all terrible. And, uh, I think it's, it's technology itself is for the most part neutral and so it's really the whether or not we exercise wisdom in the adoption of and the utilization of that technology. So on the one hand, I would say, you know, you can look at some versions of the forms of technology, which are sort of several generations before the metaverse. For example, the telegraph brought people closer together. The phone brought people closer together. Uh, the the radio and the television, in some ways, in some ways, has been an advantage. I would say more radio than than television, uh, but I suppose that reflects just a sort of a, a despair about the, the the depth to which so much television has actually sunk. But the smartphone has been, in some ways, an incredible tool to put the power of this computing and all the wealth or knowledge of the world part, quite accessibly within reach, with uh, just in a little device in our hands, it's been incredibly powerful. And so, and certainly just the fact that we're able to have this conversation in, in three different places, as we're having right now, see one another, it's brought us closer, and it's made it possible for us to do this and then for us to distribute this this conversation via the mechanism of technology and pot into podcasts and videos and so forth is unbelievable. And I also want to point and real I quickly, Eric, I sorry to interrupt sure. you, but think about too what mm -hmm. it's kind of done with like uh Roshan talked about earlier in this podcast, just trading in general, investing, how all this new technology is kind of coming in place, kind of fueling all this trading mm -hmm. and investing in these new like philosophies and principles, I think mm -hmm. it's just, just really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of creating these like environments now that we're seeing as well that can, you know, affect markets or just really just impact mm -hmm. society today. I think it's just really interesting. And I mm -hmm. did like what you said, how it, technology, it's neutral. It can be good. It can be bad. Just how people utilize it is going to be extremely important. It's going to be conversation people could have. So sorry, I disrupted mm -hmm. your chain of thought, mm -hmm. Eric, but please continue. No, no, that's totally fine. And so I think, you know, in terms of just since you're mentioning businesses and investable businesses, I would say, you know, you can say uh, the advent of, for example, um, uh, uh, 
being able to shop in the way that we're able to shop today with convenience and choice, the way we're able to pick, uh, identify a place, a vacation place to stay that in the past we might not have had available to us. And just endless numbers of companies, some of the biggest and most successful companies didn't exist 15 years ago because it wasn't until the internet and internet data transmission speeds reached a certain level that it would even be possible to do that. So that's all good. So I think the metaverse will probably have lots of really wonderful applications. But having said that, at the same time, I would say, I think one, if I'm not mistaken, one of the largest businesses on the internet is pornography. And I, which in my view, at least, is exploiting a lot of uh, people, primarily women, uh, but also children. Um, and for that matter, I guess, in some ways, men. Um, but, to, but using this technology in what I consider to be a really uh, discouraging um, adoption of that technology. And similarly, I would say, if you look at children generally speaking i don't know about you guys but i look at it and i think i when i see a bunch of kids sitting around with smartphones with their heads down and not talking to each other and they're looking at their smartphones i feel deep sadness about the ramifications of that technology <laughs> on this generation so while on the one hand i'm you know i'm totally I, I i'm grateful for what that has made possible for me and i use it for email and for bit for research and for for reading and you know on and on and on if i look at it what's the implications it's had on a generation i'm i'm very very sad so i think metaverse will that do more on balance to bring people together or will it actually do more to more further atomize uh life in person will it will it provide still one more barrier or or at least lure i'm going to use that i think that's the better word a lure away from in-person interaction and into this version of interaction and leave i think at some level people deeply socially maladjusted and particularly i'm thinking recently and that i and i'll end my little rant here is i think about girls i have two daughters i don't have sons but i have two daughters and, and I think as a result of that, as a father of daughters, just how much pressure young gir girls, adolescent girls are under right now being compared and comparing themselves with other girls in these idealized worlds of Instagram and so forth and so on. And now I'm wondering in the metaverse, is it going to get even harder for them? Are they going to be now these, what are from a from a um a brain standpoint now instead of 2d images going to take on 3d characteristics and inner instead of being sort of static images are going to be much more interactive images what's that going to do to those young girls i'm i'm concerned about that N not just the girls the boys as well but i'm very concerned about that so okay there's yeah, my Eric, there's my up, granddad take you on brought it up all great <laughs> points and i think you kind of really address kind of the future and the commercial aspect of it because businesses mm -hmm. now are just hearing about you know the metaverse technology how to bring people together how to you know how, how are people going to communicate how are they going to shop how are they going to use social media and just trying to monetize it the best way are they do they have the best interests in line are they doing it for the right reasons some maybe some not mm -hmm. so the commercial mm -hmm. aspect of it is is going to be extremely uh, important and again like you said just Technology is very neutral depending on how people use it, whether it's for good, whether it's for bad, whether it's for business of profit, whether it's for entertainment. There's just so many aspects of it that it's just going to kind of slowly move into. I think that's why it's just 
why I bring up the topic today is just how, again, mm-hmm. technology has really changed since um, how it's really changed and just adapted and how it's growing and how the metaverse is really being created because technology has gotten to this point where people are being connected more and more now. And I think also the mm-hmm. pandemic kind of fueled that where everybody was kind of home, locked in. And for some people, they really got cut off from a lot of other people and it was very tough for them. But having certain technologies mm-hmm. like a phone or a video conference or what have you, being able to let leverage technology in a way where they are able to kind of communicate and connect was very valuable and still very valuable today. Especially if you just want to talk about businesses, businesses being able to thrive even though they're shut down because they're just using technology in a way. So I think it's just such a big mm-hmm. topic where it does make sense, Eric, why you do have these kind of issues and drawbacks from it. And there, and I'm pointing out some, you know, applications that could be very beneficial. And I think that's just something why I said it's just going to be kind of in the background where people just going to have to pay attention to this, especially uh, parents and grandparents, especially when it comes to their kids being able to monitor, being able to have those conversations with them. It's talking about how yes. this should, should be kind of like a tool, how this can, it's a privilege. It can be taken away. It can be whatever have you, I think is just just really important. And I think it's just a really interesting like area that's being brought up and talked about more and more and just seeing how it's going to develop. Again, it's a very new technology, Roshan. When you said you're kind of not too familiar, you kind of feel old around this subject, it's still a very new area and it's still very risky to invest in and for companies to pour a lot of money in because again, it's not fully developed. And I think that's just something that uh, I'm just going to be doing a lot more research and I'm just kind of excited for it, but also not naive about because of some of the points that you brought up too, Eric, where it can just be a double-edged sword. But I think it's all just very interesting to discuss and I appreciate you kind of just going back and forth with me on it. It is definitely an interesting topic. I'm looking forward to learning more about it coming from, as I said, the stage of I don't get it to actually learn about it over the next few years Would, are you interested at all how uh roshan how like nfts and cryptocurrency are going to be kind of playing a role in the metaverse i i'm interested in all of it but i know nothing about any of it is kind of where i'm at right now yeah it's well just uh, giving our listeners a short rundown how the metaverse cryptocurrency and nfts kind of relate to each other you can all be kind of boiled down to the technology that's being used and it might not be like fully fleshed out 100% yet, but the technologies and protocols that go into cryptocurrency and NFTs, how they're digital assets, they're online, they're decentralized, they have these certain protocols for people to exchange, show authenticity, are gonna be really important aspects for the metaverse because again, when you're uh, online, whether you're interacting with someone, you wanna know you're interacting with somebody that's the person who you think it is, And also when it comes to trading or exchanging or buying stuff like online in this verse, you want to make sure that it's authentic, that it's, it's being tracked. There's uh, it's being put on like a ledger, it's being verified. So you're avoiding any cyber or scams or or what have you, I think is uh, really important. But like I said earlier, the theme is this is still a very new technology. It's uh, still, it's not going to just be like, oh, here's the metaverse. Eric's just going to jump in. He's going to be an NBA player dunking on these athletes. But it's going to kind of be a more gradual thing that people should kind of just, you know, maybe keep up with and look at. So very interesting.
Yeah, that's going to happen for sure. I know yeah, that. Maybe Eric and Roshan are in a virtual NBA one-on-one. He's... <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'd, I'd be in the virtual uh, stands cool. watching that. Yeah. <laughs> that It will be interesting. That, that uh, Adrian, that is should be added to our topic list for one of our episodes. What is the metaverse? That's a good one. I mean, that's why I kind of brought it up, hoping that we can just touch on it again at some point, or even bring on a guest. It'd be, a, it'd be very exciting. But uh, we pretty much covered all the topics. And Eric, I, I hope you can kind of just wrap this up and put a nice bow on it for our listeners. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, uh, listeners, if, if you are still listening at this stage, again, you probably deserve some sort of medal for for your, for your willingness to to roll with us and hear how this whole thing is going to unfold. So, uh, three cheers for you if you're if you're still here. Um, we, we've talked about the purpose of this podcast, and um, it is in, entirely to help you succeed in what it is that you're trying to create with your ideal retirement. So I would say the best way to help us do more and do better in the next 100 episodes is to give us uh, feedback and topic suggestions that we can then pursue together. So if you've got questions or if you've got ideas, shoot them out our way. Actually, I did get an email from one of our listeners this week saying, here's two topics I'd like the two of you, uh, the three of you to address. And so I'll be, I'll coming, be coming back in our planning meeting this Friday, Roshan and Adrian with those ideas. And uh, some of them I thought, oh, we never even really thought about that. So um, we're, we're definitely open to your input listeners. Also, if you have um, friends who you think would benefit from this, please you know, shoot him a link to the episode that you think would be of value. And uh, and if you haven't subscribed yet and you're listening for the first time, please subscribe and we're going to continue to come out with content that we think will be of help to you. Finally, if you need uh, you need to have a conversation with someone who is in the in the discipline as we are of real financial planning, then I would say reach out to us on the website. Our website is www no actually it's not www it's just retirementlifestyleshow.com retirementlifestyleshow.com there you can find our contact information you can reach out to us and uh, pose whatever questions you have so gentlemen thank you so much for a uh, hundred episodes together and 105 of this season and actually we did more in the previous season so I mean I know we're we're uh, we're getting up there, but it's been a good uh, good couple of years here, and then some, with the two of you. And I, I I've enjoyed it, and I know our listeners have enjoyed it. And so let, let's keep going. Yep. Uh, congratulations, fellas! Another great episode. Uh, and all the listeners, thank you. We'll be back next week. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through Arate Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. 
All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arateewell nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arateewell. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and securities through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library, and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.